Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network, featuring interviews conducted at the 2019 J. Miller Taws Crab and Clam Bake down at the Summers Cove Marina in Crisfield, Maryland. It's the epicenter of Maryland politics for the summer, and you'll hear from a lot of folks today, including Governor Hogan, Senator Galleon, Senator Hershey, County Executive Barry Glassman, a whole lot of people you will hear from during this special edition of Red Maryland Radio. The interviews start right after the break. Stick with us. You are listening to a special edition of Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. Did you know Red Maryland was on Patreon? By supporting Red Maryland on Patreon, not only do you support Red Maryland's efforts to grow the conservative movement here in Maryland, but you're going to get access to premium content, meet and greets, cool bumper stickers, and more. To support Red Maryland Patreon, go to patreon.com slash redmaryland. Even $1 a month will help us grow the conservative movement in our state. And every dollar goes back into growing Red Maryland. That's patreon.com slash redmaryland. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash redmaryland. And thank you for your support. We're here at the Toss Clan Bank with Sean Jester. And Sean, you are running for Salisbury City Council. Yes. I'm uh, hoping to take all of my public service and election and all that uh, government experience and apply that to apply that to Salisbury. Well, yeah, what motivated you decide to run this time? Uh, well, I've uh, I've been involved in, in government and politics for a long time, and I've never, I've always been pretty happy on the on the other side of that, but uh, I moved to the city, uh, we fe- and uh, the city councilman that was in my district uh, ended up moving, and uh, I felt like there was a, a, there was a need for, in Salisbury for some, uh, for, uh, for strong leadership, for uh, kind of uh, more economically focused council member, a more business focused councilman, and a councilman that's going to uh, try and make Salisbury a better place for families and, and young people to live well, in. Tell people what some of the top issues facing Salisbury residents are right now. Well, I would say uh, for me, one of the biggest issues is you know, 70% or so of Salisbury residents uh, live in rentals. Uh, that's no way to start Tributes to some some amount of the crime issues that Salisbury is facing. We should be trying to encourage more people to live in Salisbury, and that we need to encourage more construction of affordable uh, affordable family homes in Salisbury, uh, homes that uh, people that are graduating from Salisbury University. business and I think that we need to take a good hard look at how we can do that. What some of our folks may not know is that Salisbury is a nonpartisan election. It's time, it's it's this year, yes. uh, the 2019 election. The primary is in September, I believe. Yes. No primary. No primary this yeah. year. Okay. So this will be the general election in uh, in November. Yes. As a Republican running in a nonpartisan election, obviously a lot of attention is being paid to Washington right now. A lot of attention is being paid what's going on in the Democratic presidential primary. Does that in and of itself pose a challenge to you? How do you run in a non, as a nonpartisan candidate, uh, despite having, obviously, uh, solid Republican credentials? Yeah, it's, uh, even though I'm talking to people, they might be Democrats, they might be Republicans, it's a nonpartisan race, and it's, and the issues facing Salisbury are nonpartisan issues. You know, all the... All the uh, 
arguments and disagreements in DC uh, that you might see, and all of the all the rhetoric and stuff. You know, that's that's stuff that does not affect a city resident. They care about making sure that their streets are paved, that the streetlights work. They're worried about they're worried about making sure that their neighborhoods are safe, that police officers are on the beat, and the, and, and that their city government is using their taxpayer dollars wisely. Uh, and all of that is, and all of those things are more or less nonpartisan issues. It's about how you do those things more than anything else. That's where the differences are going to be, and those don't fall on partisan lines. So I'm going to go out and tell people I'm knocking on doors right now. I'm going to tell them how I want to see those issues addressed, and hopefully they'll agree with me. If folks want to reach out, uh, want to help you campaign out, how can they do that? Uh, you can start out by going to my website, seanjester.com. S-H-A-W-N, jester.com. Uh, you can look for me on uh, Twitter, on Facebook. I have Instagram. I'm going to be posting pictures from Tall's here. Uh, you can give me a call. My phone number is 410-251-7406. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your ideas. I, you know, the stuff that you might not be from Salisbury. There's a good chance you're not from Salisbury. But it's something but you know, like a healthy Salisbury makes for a healthy lower shore. It makes for a healthy eastern shore. It makes for a healthy Maryland. Uh, and I feel that's the same way just about in every, every part of the state. You're, what good works for you might work down here and vice versa, and I want to hear from you. Yeah, Salisbury being the biggest uh, biggest city on the shore definitely is important for our state economy. For anybody who's, anybody who's driven through, uh, you know, driven through, driven, people have driven through Salisbury before. They've seen the city on their way to Ocean City or on their way to some other shore destinations. Yeah. So they know what the city's about. They know where it is, and they might have seen some of the challenges. They've seen a little bit of it. They drove down to business. If you did the bypass, you could miss the whole thing. Uh, hopefully, I'd encourage you to stop to drive through and check out downtown. And if I'm so fortunate to get elected, we'll bring even more businesses and more reasons to come down to Salisbury. But for today, the most important city in Maryland is Chrisfield. So you should. <laughs> Certain, certainly the case here on the surface of the sun. I mean, Chrisfield. <laughs> Sean Jester's running for Salisbury City Council. Best of luck. We'll talk to you soon. I'm sure we will. Thank you. Uh. We're with Brian Sears from the Daily Record. Brian, how many times have you made it down to Crisfield for this event? Oh Lord, too many to too many to count. This is you know, I just finished my 18th session, so this is at least 10 down here. So, <laughs> and this this year is more um, like I'm used to seeing Tall's the last couple last two years. Little cooler, nice breeze coming off the water. <laughs> we are not going to get that today. We are going to roast on both sides at the same time today. Every every time I come down here, it feels like the surface of the sun. So I think it might be uh, might be my fault. What are some of your thoughts right now? Obviously, there's a lot going on. Even though we're in in between sessions, we're still we're far away from a statewide election. There's been a lot of state political news lately with the governor withholding funds, the governor um, and his may not may may not eventually did not run for. Uh, run for president. We're seeing all the, the Democrats who were elected in our county governments uh, starting to make significant changes. What do you think? What is just your kind of analysis of the of the scene in Maryland right now? Um, look, I, th- I think that the, we're, we're in a time of really, it's a really interesting time and we're going to see a lot of change. I mean, we've already seen that change starting to happen at the ho- in the House with the, you know, with the death of Mike Bush and now, you know, the new Speaker of the House, Adrian Jones. I think there are a lot of questions about how that's going to work when she comes in and is running the is running the house, and it's her job rather than just you know she's she's filling in for someone who's who's ill. Um, you've got a lot of jockeying going on in the Senate because the Senate president has his own health issues, and and at some point I think the expectation is is that he'll retire at some point, maybe not this year, but you know even by the end of the term. 
And and then in addition to that, we've got a lot of stuff going on with this discussion about Kerwin and how we're going to fund it at the same time that we're seeing counties across the board raising property taxes and income taxes and the possibility of state tax, you know, a a tax increase at the state level. So I think there's a lot to talk about. Um, Obviously, we're still a long way. We're six months away from the legislative session. I know that Senate President Miller has talked about this being the year that he's going to introduce several constitutional amendments, all the ones that they wanted to pass in the House. You mentioned that Kerwin is obviously going to be big on everybody's mind. It's a long way away, but what issues do you think we'll be talking about six six months from now when session starts? So, I mean, in addition to Kerwin, I think one of the ones that we're going to absolutely have to deal with and dispose of this year is the issue of 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 online of uh, I'm sorry, sports betting. Um, It's a it's an issue that the state legislature really messed up two years ago. Um, They could have gotten it done, and what we've seen now is not only have our neighbors gone to sports gaming, but they're actively they're actively advertising in Maryland trying to lure Maryland gamers over and so the last two months one of the things we've seen is revenues at Maryland casinos is going down it's hard to know whether that's causation or correlation to sports gaming but Maryland's got to figure that out and one of the things that maybe we need to start discussing is whether or not Maryland finally moves um, gaming off the Constitution so that the state becomes more nimble now that uh, you know now that gaming is sort of the law of the land here yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting 12 years ever since we passed gaming uh, back in that special session back in 2007. I just, I, I agree, I still don't think uh, we're, we're where we need to be. Obviously, we've seen the Democrats are going to have another primary governor. You know, this is kind of a first impression for some of folks. I saw some Angela Alsobrook signs on the way down here coming down 413. How much do you think that certain candidates for governor in 2022, uh, Democrat or Republican, how many, how much inroads do you think they could make today? Um, look, I think it's the one thing that you don't get with any, any more of with any campaign is time. One of the things that we saw with Larry Hogan was he started running four years before he won his first election. And so, you know, for example, you're going to see seven of the eight uh, county executives down here today, everybody but Mark Elrich. Johnny Osheski is down here. Angela Alsobrooks is going to be down here. Barry Glassman is here. I think you're going to see a lot of county executives doing the things that you need to do today to lay the groundwork so that you can have a tomorrow and another tomorrow and another tomorrow until you run out, until you run out of tomorrows. Brian Sears, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us, and stay cool out here. Thanks so much. We're here with State Senator Steve Hershey. How many times have you been down to talk now? This is this could be close to ten. You know, with everything back in the uh, Bob Ehrlich days, started coming down then. So that was a uh, you know about ten or so, ten twelve. Been a lot of news going on statewide recently. It's always the type of things that you hear once we're out of session when the governor really gets to govern from his perspective and be able to do a lot of the things that he thinks are important, you know, when his priorities really come into play. But I think he's doing the, the right thing with regard to some of the funds that have been fenced off by the General Assembly in the budget, and he has the ultimate authority to decide what he wants to spend on. And, you know, the, the uh, diversity and everything that we're putting up in Baltimore, we really have to take a up at the uh, game last night, and he's talking about the crime in, in, in Baltimore. These are the important things that really need to be uh, to be looked at, and I think he's doing a great job as a commission. They put together a, uh, a committee, a commission, a subcommission, if you want to call it, to look at how to fund the Kerwin Commission, and it's very heavy on Democrats and those folks who are going to look for additional tax increases on Maryland's tax base. How do we fight back? Well, it's 
unfortunate. Uh, Senator David Jennings and I wrote a letter to the Senate President asking for um, participation on that work group. Concerns over uh, what they might come up with. I think we, you know, we should have more participation in in that. Uh, they they only have two legislators on it, but um, you know, this is that's what the decision is going to be. to sports betting. I don't think that this is something that should just go to the casinos that are existing. I mean, why should people in my district on the eastern shore have to go all the way down to Ocean to Ocean Downs or all the way across the bridge to a casino over there to place a $50 sports bet? You know, give these uh, establishments that are running lottery already, that are running the, uh, you know, the racetrack game and, and the Powerball and, and the daily lottery, give them the opportunity to, to keep patrons at their locations. You know, there's so many different sports bars. Let them make a $50 better, so if that's what they want to do. But let's, if we're going to go forward with it, I think we need to expand and let it, and let all, you know, many more participate than just the casinos. Especially for folks in, in, in your district, because they can already go to Delaware doing this already. Yeah, so you, you've got to make it so that these businesses that are out there that have invested in their restaurants, that have multiple TVs, that are attracting people on Sunday afternoons to watch football games, you know, you don't want to have a situation where they feel, those patients feel that they have to go down to MGM or Horseshoe Live to make a sports bet. Let them do it in that same location. I'm sure there's a way that we can find out how to do that. Senator Steve Hershey, great to see you. Stay cool out here. Thanks, Brian. We're at the Somerset and Wicomico Joint Booth here at the Taz Glam Bake. Go ahead and introduce everybody we've got here at the uh, at the booth today. Hi, thanks, Brian. Um, today at the booth we have Dave Lloyd, here of the Somerset County Republican Central Committee. Uh, Suzanne Smith, who is on the Somerset County Republican Central Committee. We have Bill Benson, and we also have our other members. Talk folks a little bit about what you guys are looking for. Obviously, you guys have a lot of women turn out for candidates. Uh, you're in a great place. shows some details of our very fine Republican candidates. Uh, we just elected uh, Mary Beth Carosa to the state Senate, one of the five candidates, and the only one, by the way, won her election. Um, we also
work have you guys already started doing looking for candidates, recruiting, and looking forward to that 2022 election? Um, I've done quite a bit locally. Um, we are trying uh, to educate young people and to, um, to give them the confidence to uh, run a political campaign. And I already have three or four Republican candidates. Sounds great. Well, guys, keep up the hard work. You are invited to the 2020 Red Maryland Leadership Conference, which comes at you on Saturday, January the 11th, 2020, from the Doubletree Hotel in Annapolis. Join us as we hear guest speakers, including Commerce Secretary Kelly Schultz, Delegate Kathy Shalega, Doug Mayer from the 2018 Hogan for Governor campaign, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers from WBAL Radio, Maria Sophia, the chair of the Maryland Young Republicans, Ian Patrick Hines, Rory McShane, and a host of other fantastic speakers. This conference will help prepare the groundwork for your next election success and the success of conservatism across the state. Tickets are on sale now. The conference sold out in 2019, so you are not going to want to miss out on buying your tickets today. Go to RedMarylandConference.com to learn how to buy your ticket, your sponsorship, or your vendor table. That's RedMarylandConference.com. Go buy your tickets today for the 2020 Red Maryland Leadership Conference. I'm trying not to. It's going to be a hot one. This is one of my favorite events uh, of the entire year, and I, I try to be here every single year. It's just a, a wonderful opportunity to be with people here on the Lower Shore and uh, enjoy some great uh, crabs and uh, oysters and clams. And uh, But it's also uh, people from all around the state come out, and it's uh, just a great cross-section of Maryland, and uh, a little politics gets done out here, but it's uh, just a whole lot of fun and meeting wonderful people. Well, we've been doing like a lot of great things to clean up the bay. You know, the bay is now the cleanest it's ever been in recorded history, and um, we've invested uh, more over the past four years than any other previous administration had ever done. In years, um, record funding in every single aspect of the bay restoration, uh, the bay protection. We've been fighting for federal funding, but we can't. You know, we can't uh, change the fact that it's a hot summer, and that is going to impact some of these dead zones. We also have a lot of rain, which is impacting. And uh, so those are it's slowing down some of our progress, but we luckily we're still uh, looking really strong. But yeah, we're gonna have really hot today. I think it's gonna be 98 degrees out here. Uh, you know, potential you know heat problems across the state, and that's gonna impact the bay, of course. Governor, have you made a uh, made a statement this morning about President Trump and his tweets? Do you have any additional comment on that? Um, I, you know, I don't have anything else to say about it. I, I you know, I, I think it's pretty clear what my thoughts are on the president's, you know, tone and the things he says and the way he says them. But uh, you know, it's I, I'm just tired of talking about it. It's like I, one of the things that I'm completely frustrated with is the divisive politics and the angry rhetoric on both sides of the aisle and. Uh, I just wish that we could really focus on the problems and 
instead of that's all we talk about is tweets and, and what, what people are saying, calling each other. You know? Governor, there's been a lot of discussion since the, since the beginning of the fiscal year about some of the money that the legislature fenced off, and you've talked about wanting to find some ways to fund some of those projects yes. that were fenced off. Uh, are there any options, or has there been any movement to deal with the, uh, the backlog of rape testing kits? Yeah, we are going to take care of the rape testing kits. Almost all of them. Crime uh, and health uh, issues are going to be taken care of, and I think we've got that just about all Funding across. has been identified for those yeah. things? Yes. Full, full amounts? I think so. Mm-hmm. I have to ask, do you have any comment on the campaign finance violation? You know, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to, uh, you know, wild charges from the Democratic Party, but I'm sure we'll get to the bottom of it. Um, I believe that uh, we, you know, we fully comply with the law. The State Board of Elections already said that the complaint is uh, frivolous because we don't have any requirements under the law to keep track of these things. It's the individual donors that do. If uh, if there are some uh, bookkeeping errors or some donors have made a mistake, then, and wants uh, us to help clean them up, we'll try to do so. But uh, I don't think there's anything too serious about them. With the possibility of ICE doing some enforcement, there's been some discussion about the FBI and immigration using uh, access and recognition not just on undocumented immigrants crimes thoughts about whether or not I, mean, I think there's been a lot of misreporting about that in the paper look all the federal agencies do access driver's license information in every state and that's going to continue to happen should they be uh, creating facial recognition databases of citizens who I don't have crimes they, we have uh, the ability for federal law enforcement agencies to look up people based on their driver's license and their photographs. So I don't know how they're uh, talking about changing the way they use them, but we're certainly not going to stop federal agencies from accessing uh, you know, information to stop you know, people commit from committing crimes. Look, all this talk about ICE, there's an awful lot of media attention about things that might happen. We're only aware of one ICE incident in the entire state that happened in coordination with the state police. Uh, one MS-13 violent criminal was uh, was arrested, and the state police cooperated with ICE. Uh, it was a dangerous, violent criminal uh, with a long record who had already been deported out of the country once and then snuck back in again, and this is an MS-13 gang member. So I'm very happy the state police cooperated with ICE on that, removing a dangerous criminal from the streets in St. Mary's County. It's the only one ICE incident in the entire state I'm aware of. Last question. All right. Governor, when you were considering a run for president, there was a PAC that was raising money on your behalf. Um, is there anything in particular you would like to see them put that money towards that you decided not to run? Uh, no, there was never a PAC uh, to raise any money for me. Uh, you know, I never for- formed an exploratory committee and never raised the same money. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're here with Hunter County Executive Barry Glassman. County Executive, how many times have you made it up to us? This is about my fifth or sixth year, and it's uh, probably one of the hottest today. But it's always hot. It's just a certain chance for me to meet people from the Eastern Shore with some of my old colleagues from the legislature uh, and just kind of visit some of the different uh, constituencies down here. So it's good to 
it's good testing ground to see if people recognize me, some of my old friends. It's good to talk to them about politics. Yeah, the fact you had Barry Glassman from Maryland signs didn't go unnoticed, but we can save that conversation for another day. I've had those for the last two or four years, so it's nothing new, although there's never too early. It's only too late. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are the president of the Maryland Association of Counties. You guys have a big event coming up in uh, in August. I know I'll be, I'll be, be participating there. in that. I'm looking forward to that. Um, just tell folks a little bit. They may not be familiar with the MAKO event. What that is and what uh, local elected officials get out of it. So the, the summer convention for us is a big chance. We have one in the winter, but the summer is the biggest convention. Uh, the hall is already sold out. Uh, each year we've been growing our attendance, but it's a chance for every Maryland elected official, lobbyists, attorneys, uh, folks from the media to come to some of the issues that pertain not only to local government, but state government. It's our chance to talk to people about that they do that affect uh, the government. People recently appointed as a member of the commission. One of the only Republicans on the commission, you and uh, Secretary Kennedy, a lot of folks have concerns uh, that the commission, just based on its composition, is going to uh, recommend tax increases, quite frankly. So we, we're going to have our second meeting here next Wednesday. Uh, we're going to look at the formula. You know, the first charge of the Cohen Commission was to fix the many of those formulas that are not there in suburban rural counties and favor certain other jurisdictions. Now, this commission where we are going to study the funding formula. Uh, we're working with all the member counties of the Maryland Association. So we're going to carry that message and talk about whether we indeed have the capacity to fund this. The other big unknown with the fact is the state has the capacity even to fund its portion of COVID. So uh, our objective is to make sure this get forced to raise income taxes or property taxes. County Executive Barry Glassman, great to see you. Stay cool out here. Yep, good to see you. <laughs> we are here with Diana Rod, Maryland Federation of Republican Women. Diana, So what are you uh, what are you looking forward to here today? Skin clams and seeing a lot of friends. Sounds good. What are some of the things that the uh, Federation of Republican Women are involved in right now? Well, um, we're trying to recruit, well, train our, our women as well as the men in, in the state of Maryland to help make great candidates for the upcoming elections. We're going to get training training earlier this year. Recruiting is obviously Republican women candidates has been a hot topic of conversation um, recently. How difficult, how easy is it to encourage Republican women to step up and run for office? In general, it's really difficult to encourage to get women to step up and run for office, regardless of their party. But mostly, women need to be asked to do it. They always feel like they're just not. to let them know that there's a team behind them. If 
there are Republican women who are interested in running for office. What would you suggest they do? State organization www.mfrw.org. They also team up with their central committees and just start doing as many Republican things as they can to meet people and uh, broaden their sphere of influence. Diana, always great to see you. Stay cool out here. Likewise, you too. Awesome. We're here with Delegate Carl Anderson. Delegate, how many times have you been to this event? Uh, my whole life. Yeah, so uh, I think almost all of them. We used to come here as kids. Uh, you know, it was all somebody who was working here who would kind of help us get in, as, like, in high school. Uh, so, yeah, quite a long time. And much of a culture shock do you think it was for some of your Democratic colleagues from Lee County and Baltimore County who are down here today to dri- make that drive down 13, make that drive down 413? Well, I guess they see that I'm, I, I'm really well because they get me <laughs> in Annapolis and they come down here and they get all of us. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, Cornwall real. <laughs> There's been a lot going on in the interim, even though we're out of session right now. Obviously, the big stories right now are, uh, well, first, let's talk about the governor's withholding of the funds uh, that he has not spent, including money for the symphony. Your thoughts on the but there's some that can wait till next year. And so he's being, being very physically prudent, which is what he's supposed to do. It's not our money. It's everybody's money. So you shouldn't be wasting it, digging ourselves in a hole that makes it more difficult to get out of. Let's talk about the Corwin Commission. Recently, a commission was appointed uh, to study funding sources very Democratic, heavy, very uh, likely to recommend tax increases on, on Marylanders. What are your thoughts uh, about that potentially? How much of an impact would that have here on the shore? Oh, it's a tremendous impact, but it's on both ends, because I do think that we need to to continue to fund education, especially here on the shore. We have a lot of infrastructure issues with our schools, and we need to make sure our teachers be, we can attract the best candidates. Uh, but in the same breath, we need to do it in a fiscally-minded sense that we can't continue to dig in everybody's pockets. And to do this $4 billion price tag, that's hypothetical. It's not going to be $4 billion, but anywhere upwards of that number. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. You, you have to raise taxes to do that. And I, I just can't support that in this economy. I think your money is better spent by you. One of the issues that we know is going to come up during this legislative session is the uh, sports gambling issue. And obviously, the show is unique insofar as that there is a form of sports gambling already in Delaware. What are your thoughts uh, in general about sports gambling and how much do you think it will, will help hurt the show? So, I mean, if we go at Ocean Pines at the racetrack, I guess it's where the casino already is. Uh, I'm not really sure of the exact details of how it will be laid out, but I, I don't gamble, but uh, for those that do, they should be able to. Uh, you know, I think uh, selective taxation is okay. You pay it if you want. If you don't want it, you don't pay it. Uh, so I, I really have no problem with it. It's not something I would do, though. What are some of the other issues you think are going to be at the forefront other than Kerwin and sports gambling during the 2020 session? It's a long way out, but it's coming soon. Well, I think you're going to look at all types of ways of revenue enhancement. So, Mark, my man, um, real good. Um, so, it's Mayor Chris Fieldberry dies. It's my guy. Um, so, you know, looking at revenue enhancements, of course, taxation, if you want taxes. 
uh, I, I don't support raising taxes, but if you know they're looking at probably uh, legalizing recreational marijuana, uh, sports sports gambling, and those types of things to raise revenue to help pay for the current commission, which is going to happen whether you like it or not. So we might as well make it the best we can for us, and so that's kind of my goal. But uh, you know the budget shortfall, and hoping that. Uh, We can be better prepared for it, and, um, and we can go from there. So that's kind of where we're looking. Hello, Carl Harrington. Always a pleasure to see you. Enjoy, uh, enjoy showing you off your uh, showing off home down here. Welcome, to, welcome to my house, baby. Here at State Senator Jason Galling Center. How many times? How many times you come down to uh, this clam bake here? This is my very first clam. Very bake. first time. What are your initial impressions? Well, I heard all stories about how. Hot out the pavement and there's but the tents are awful nice. There's a good breeze going, a bunch of good food, so I'm enjoying myself seeing some uh, so, some old friends, make some new ones. So I've been to the first governor has spent a lot of money, as you know. I, I support the governor on that. The, um, the clothing commission, there's been a subcommission formed to look at revenue streams for the potential $4 billion spending. The clothing commission, there are a lot of folks who are concerned. Uh, that it's going to lead to proposals for additional tax increases. Your thoughts? All right, that's a concern of mine, too. And even last year, I voted for the uh, year zero uh, because it was in the budget, but I'll have to really look at that because I'll have to see what they come up with uh, in their group as far as these farm, uh, these uh, formulas for the funding. Um, I'm kind of withholding judgment until I, until I see it, but, um, yeah, I'm a conservative, so I'm, I don't want to see a bunch of tax increases. So we'll look at it, and, and once we get the information, then go from there. Obviously, spending the budget, the current commissioner, are going to be big issues for the 2020 legislative session. I know we're six months out, but uh, your thoughts on what are going to be some of the top issues during session? Yeah, I, I agree with you. It seems like, and we just heard uh, the other day, the uh, the new Speaker of the House just said that education was going to be her number one thing. So to me, that means Kerwin's going to be front and center. So that's kind of going in. That's what, what we're going to see, I think, be the top uh, the top issue of the next session. Senator Gary, hope you enjoy your first toss, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, good seeing you again. Good to see you. Yep. Here's State Senator Jason Galling Center. How many times, how many times do you come down to uh, this clam bake here? This is my very first clam bake. Very first time. What are your initial impressions? Well, I heard all stories about how it's hot out the pavement, and there's but the tents are <laughs> awful nice. There's a good breeze going. Food, so I'm enjoying myself seeing some uh, so, some old friends, make some new ones. So governor has spent a lot of money, as you know. On that. I, I support the governor on that. The, um, the clothing commission, there's been a subcommission formed to look at revenue streams for the potential $4 billion spending. The clothing commission, there are a lot of folks who are concerned uh, that it's going to lead to proposals for additional tax increases. Your thoughts? All right, that's a concern of mine, too. And even last year, I voted for the uh, year zero uh, because it was in the budget, but I'll have to really look at that because I'll have to see what they come up with uh, in their group as far as these farm, uh, these uh, formulas for the funding. Um, I'm kind of withholding judgment until I, until I see it, but, um, yeah, I'm a conservative, so I'm, I don't want to see a bunch of tax increases. So we'll look at it, and, and once we get the information, then go from there. Obviously, spending the budget, the current commissioner, are going to be big issues for the 2020 legislative session. I know we're six months out, but uh, your thoughts on what are going to be some of the top issues during session? Yeah, I, I agree with you. It seems like, and we just heard uh, the other day, the uh, the new Speaker of the House just said that education was going to be her number one thing. So to me, 
that means Kerwin's going to be front and center. So that's kind of going in. That's what, what we're going to see, I think, be the top uh, the top issue of the next session. Well, center guy, hope you enjoy your first toss, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, good seeing you again. Good to see you. Yep. We're here with Matt Adams, uh, leader of Maryland for Trump. What do you think all the Democrats coming down here thought as they were driving through Trump country this morning? I have no idea. They probably thought they were lost, but when they saw our elephant here at the tent, they all, their eyes got big and they ran. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, the campaign is, is coming, obviously. Um, what has been the reaction here today at Tarles and the reaction in general to the president's re-election campaign? Everybody that we've talked to, they want him to win. He has to win. He must win. There's no other option other than Trump has to win. And that's what we're here to do, make sure he wins as many votes as we can get him. What are some of the things so far you guys have done this summer to promote the president's re-election? It's been a quiet summer. We're still waiting for the campaign to announce their leadership team, which should be coming soon, which has slowed up what we can do. But right now it's time for the one-on-one conversation with your friends, your neighbors, your relatives to make sure they understand what we have to do and why we have to do it. It's like Mike Pence said, and he was at the Red, White, and Blue Dinner, your life is better now than it was two and a half, three years ago. You need to join us. It isn't about Republican or Democrat. It's about doing the right thing for America, and we need you to join us. Unless you just don't see a better life for yourself after the president's been elected, you got to get in line with us, and we got to fight this together. Folks, for more information, how can I find out? MarylandForTrump.com. We're on Facebook, website, all the other social media stuff. Matt, always good to see you. Thank you, Brian. Good to see you on this nice, cool day in Chrisfield. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on this special edition of Red Maryland Radio. Thanks to everybody who participated in our interviews today. Be sure to check out all of our Red Maryland Network programming at redmaryland.com. Join us for the flagship Red Maryland Radio every Thursday with myself and Greg Klein. The Air Raid also airs Sundays on the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash redmaryland. We are on Twitter at redmaryland. We are on Instagram at redmaryland. Please share our content. You are the force multiplier. Be sure to share our content with your friends, family, neighbors, colleagues, co-workers, co-religious, in-laws, and outlaws, and help us grow the reach of Red Maryland. If you have any feedback for us, please email us at redmaryland at gmail.com or call or text the Red Maryland Talkback line at 410-205-4875. That's 410-205-4875, and we will feature your comments on a future episode of Red Maryland Radio. For everybody here at the network, thank you very much for listening. For this special edition of Red Maryland Radio, I'm Brian Griffiths. Good night and God bless.